Oh, George, it's lovely to have you home for Christmas. Thanks, Mum. Yeah, it's been a funny old year. And it's lovely to have you here too, Seychelle. This is the first time George has brought his girlfriend to have Christmas dinner with his family. Mum. Thank you, Mrs. Russell. It's lovely to be here. Come on now, everyone at the table, it's time to eat. Steve, can you bring out the bird? I think George is already sitting next to her. Dad. <laughs> Take no note of Seychelle. George's father's a bit of a joker, you know, dad jokes. Right, help yourself to stuffing. I think George has already done that. Dad! <laughs> you give over now, Steve. That's quite enough. Seychelles was just telling me about how different Christmas is in the Netherlands. Oh, it's not so different, really. Many of the traditions are the same, except we call Father Christmas Sinterklaas. Well, we have a tradition in our family that on Christmas Day we eat a lovely Norfolk goose. But this year, we thought we'd do something different. What's this? Looks like a piece of carbon fibre. Yes, it is, son. What? It's a bit of your Williams FW43. But why? Well, everybody agrees that car was a bit of a turkey. Your dad's not the only joker in this family. Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. Not just Gareth Jones on Speed, but the 2020 Christmas, or if you like, Xmas edition of the podcast. I'm Gareth, he's Zog. Hello. And she's Sarah. Hello. Hello, you two. Sarah, are you all set for Christmas? Are you sorted? Oh, well, to be honest, Gareth, I'm not. (laughs) I still have shopping to do. I'm... Hoping that the retail shops will stay open in light of this whole big lockdown palaver. So I will get there. It's still a little while away. We've still got a couple of days. So yeah, last minute surge for me. Amazon is your friend. Yeah, Zoki, are you ready for Festivus? Are you celebrating Festivus this year or what are you celebrating? Oh, we're celebrating Festivus. Absolutely. Yeah. The aluminium pole is unadorned. I'm ready for the feats of strength and airing of grievances. Have you any grievances regarding the your two partners on, on speed that you wish to air right now in the spirit of Festivus? Disappointingly, no. No, you're both <laughs> fantastically professional and always great to talk to. No, I'm sorry. I'm sure if I really dug deep, I could probably find something to gripe about. <laughs> but no, no, I'm afraid I have no grievances to air right now. Good. So make the most of it. This will be a happy event then. And in the show today, just to let you know, we've got lots of things planned. We have virtual gift giving later on. We have Christmas poetry and we've got some crackers to pull with some terrible jokes in, I hope. I don't know if we're going to get gifts in our crackers or just jokes, but we'll see how that goes. But before we get to the festive stuff, let's deal with 2020, which in many ways was a terrible year. But regardless of the best efforts of the coronavirus, we had not just a Formula One season, but a truly glorious Formula One season. Sarah, did you find this season satisfying in F1? I certainly did, Gareth. I thought this season was a real highlight. I mean, how many different drivers did we get on the podium? It was brilliant. Sergio Perez, he came in fourth. And to think that he doesn't even have a drive next year. Are you joking? (laughs) Absolutely. And what about the downfall of Ferrari? That was a huge surprise. And then we just got used to them being at the bottom of the fields in the end. We had a fantastic, dramatic and miraculous crash in the second last race of the season, the big finale for Roman Grosjean. And next year, it's been announced that a Schumacher, the son of the great Michael, will be part of the Formula One next year. So he'll be on the grid. That's very exciting. It is. And finally... The other bit of excitement is that, you know, Lewis Hamilton, he broke a few records and he took it out and still the greatest driver ever. So there are my sort of highlights of the year. Yeah, and I'll just say that Daniel Ricciardo came fifth. So let's just always remember the Australian. I was waiting for you to mention Danny Ricciardo, (laughs) who had a really, really happy season this year, didn't he? Yeah, he did have a happy season and he ended the season with the fastest lap. That makes you super happy, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. 
Actually, Doug, I would guess that that makes you equally happy because we've all got a soft spot for Daniel Ricciardo, haven't we? Absolutely. Yeah, he's a terrific driver and his relentless positivity, it, it, always, you know, it seems like nothing can bring him down sometimes. You know, it doesn't matter what's been happening. He's always got a big grin and a friendly word. Yeah, I'd love Danny Rick and I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the McLaren next year. I think he's going to be a good partner for... Norris, that's going to be a good pairing. I want to see what that lineup can do, and I think they're going to have great teammate chemistry, you know, as good as it can be. There's one last highlight that I thought probably was one of my big Formula One highlights this year was Daniel Ricciardo's Park Hall during lockdown. Did you see that video? It was hilarious. You mentioned it on the show before the season started. Just go on and Google Daniel Ricciardo Park Hall Challenge. And he did this huge, like, jumping from lounge to lounge. Then he jumped through the pool area in his backyard. It was the funniest thing I think I saw the whole of lockdown. So, yeah, that was definitely another highlight. Send us a link for that and I'll put it on the webpage for the show. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. I would like to see that. But looking back on the year, I mean, I think in a way the big triumph was really that simply that we managed to have an F1 season at all, that they managed to pull together as complete a calendar as they did and managed to make it all work. Given the number of people that are travelling around the world to put that show on, the fact that so few of the people involved in the sport were affected by COVID is a testament to how good a job F1 did of taking the show on the road. So yeah, that I think in a sense was the big triumph of the year. A real highlight though was simply Roman Grosjean getting away with that crash. You know, seeing him walking away from the side of the accident was, I think, you know, was probably the biggest high of the year for me. You know, that really was a high point of the season. Although we've had a year in which Hamilton equaled Schumacher's world championship record and broke other records. In a way, that wasn't one of the highlights, simply because I guess we expected it. You know, it's no great surprise. On the other hand, having Gasly on the podium in Italy and having Perez get his stellar results at the end of the season were actually kind of bigger highlights in a way. I think so, definitely. The two most memorable images of the year for me, were probably Gasly sitting alone after the podium ceremony in Italy, kind of just taking the moment in. And the image of Dr Ian Roberts helping Grosjean over the mangled fence out of the burning wreckage of his car. Those two images are the ones that I think we'll remember above anything else from this year. I agree. Mm. And they're both great stories. I also think that that image, I mean, you stole the words from my mind there, Zog, of Gasly on the podium at Monza. Seeing the way that Gasly responded to that win, it was almost relief for him in some way. You could tell the enormous pressure that Formula One drivers are under, that we arguably disregard. They take their sport even more seriously than we do and we're seriously passionate fans and you got a sense of almost like the anguish being over for him because Gasly had had a difficult journey he'd been promoted up to the premier Red Bull team then demoted back down to Alpha Tauri and then proved himself but he didn't stand on that podium sort of teeth clenched and a fist punching going no look at me I did it he sat there sort of reflective kind of I knew I was right all along. And I think the stresses on not just the drivers, not just the team managers, not just the mechanics, but their families as well at home throughout this very difficult season has made this last year something unique in the history of Formula One. I think we've witnessed a very special season. Also, the fact that we had these tremendous wild cards this year where we had circuits that they've not raced at for a long time on some circuits that they've never raced at before, that wild card made this season a journey unlike any other that I can remember. One of the most satisfying F1 seasons ever. And the fact that Lewis matched and broke all those records just adds to how special it was, in my opinion. I think we've been very lucky this year. We have. You mentioned going to different tracks, tracks that we haven't been to for a long time. Would you want to see the sport revisit any of those venues, either of you? Or do you think they were kind of one-off experiments that we wouldn't want to go back to? 
Yes, and more. I think every season should have a wild card circuit because we've learnt that the data gathering in Formula One is so detailed and comprehensive these days that very often weekends play out the way the teams expect them to. Immediately you put them on a new circuit or even a circuit that's had a new surface that behaves differently to last year, the results tumble in a very different way. So I would argue that you want at least one circuit Formula One has never raced on before, hasn't for a very long time, in every season, if not more. And I also think there's a bit of a backlog in Formula One at the moment. We have a limited number of seats available for a great number of great drivers. I think they should introduce a rule whereby for two races in the year, you have to run your spare driver. Now, we saw it That's when Hulkenberg idea. came in this year. We saw it when... That was a highlight the, for me. Yeah, that was a highlight, Sarah, wasn't it? It was a very mm. exciting thing. Every team should be forced to stand down one of their drivers for at least one race in the season. It's like the opposite of playing the Joker in It's a Knockout. And that random variable is what improves the sport, for my mind. Yeah, I can see positive and negative consequences of that idea. For one thing, it would simply give the reserve drivers a bit more to do during the year than, you know, sit on the sidelines, twiddling their thumbs, waiting for something to happen. And it gives us as fans a chance to see what somebody else can do in the car. You've got another reference point. Like you say, it's good to see a driver like Hulk getting a run out from time to time. But do you want to be the one that goes to one of your drivers and says, right, well, we're standing you down for the next two races so that Jack Aitken can have a go instead? That adds drama, though, doesn't it? It does add drama. It's going to compromise one of your driver's competitiveness in the driver's championship. I guess as a team, it's not going to affect you and your competitiveness in the Constructors' Championship because it's a level playing field. Every team has to put their reserve driver in. But for the front-running teams, I guess less so for the back-of-the-grid team, but for the front-running teams, that could be a bit of an issue. Isn't that a problem? Well, it's their problem, you know what I mean? And it's a problem they have to overcome. So it adds another level of difficulty to what the teams choose to do, in my opinion. Let's just take, for example the penultimate race of the season where we had George Russell drafted up into the Mercedes team and oh my lord what a revelation that was I mean Zog I know you've always said he's a great driver we've always held him in high regard but to actually see him deliver at that level was again another one of the coloured levels of the joy of the sport this year and we didn't mention that in a highlight but it truly was I think of all the races that was the one we were most excited about would you agree Sarah you know I do agree I think it was a fantastic highlight and as you said you know he really delivered and he really was able to show off just exactly how good he was being a devil's advocate though I think a lot of drivers given his opportunity may have delivered just as well I'm not saying say for example Balthry Bottas I don't want to disregard his talent but it would be really interesting to know how some of the other drivers would go in at Mercedes but George Russell has obviously very much proved himself and I did see that Toto Wolff at the end of that race said that a star was born it was pretty disappointing for him though it's only human to be gutted you'd have to have a little bit of empathy for the poor boy it was not his fault at all I think Daniel Ricciardo even said it reminded him of when he was leading Monaco in 2016 it happens yeah the fact that Mercedes made made such a balls of that race with their tyre swaps and stuff Mm. proves how brilliantly disciplined that team is generally because they just don't make those sorts of mistakes on a weekly weekly basis you know they are consistently great yeah it was just bizarre yeah it was bizarre but the Mm. fact that they got it wrong I think amplifies how good that team is generally. So if you were going to give the 2020 Formula One season a score out of 20, how many races do we have in the end? Was it 17 races? Yeah, I think it was 17. So Sarah, if you were going to give F1 a score out of 20 for 2020, what would it be? I'd have to say a good 16.5. Oh, 16.5. It would have been 17 if Danny Rick had got a win, wouldn't it? <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah. Maybe even 18. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Zog, your score? I was going to say, that Danny Rickwin would be surely worth more than an extra one and a half points on the <laughs> It has to be worth okay, more. Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. What if you yeah, won the on. whole thing? My goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say 17, so I'm interested. We were so close. You're saying 16 and a half. I'm saying 17. Yeah, 17. Okay, I'm going to say 17. Actually, I'm going to say 18. Oh, because I think that the sheer fact that F1 could get through that season and make it happen, and that we, to be honest, didn't even really miss the crowds there at the races. You know, That's we were just true. focused on the racing. As a spectator uh, at home, yeah. Yeah, I think you miss out by not being able to go there yourself, but from a television spectacle, I give it 18, 18 out of 20. Well done, Formula One. We'll finish with a round of applause. Yeah, there we go. Absolutely, absolutely. Dear Santa, as you know, I'm not a religious man, not in any way at all. Uh, That's not a very good start. And I don't believe in God. Oh dear. And I'm fairly certain that I don't actually believe in you either, Santa. Well, we'll see what we can do about that. But as 2020 has been a bit of a tricky year, I was just wondering if, to end this rather difficult last 12 months or so, on a bit more of a positive note, you could possibly grant me a small Christmas wish. Do you think you might find a way of getting Porsche to return to the top category at Le Mans, either with a hypercar or an LMDH? Yours, Zog, Fulham, London, England. Hmm, Well, God, what do you think? Oh, all right then, Santa. Wish granted... But I bet that atheist so-and-so still won't go to church on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas from Gareth Jones and Speed! We're kind of looking back at what we enjoyed about 2020. I want to talk about something I really enjoyed in a moment that wasn't Formula One this year, but it's something that we do talk about on the programme. And I'm sure, Sarah, you've got something you want to talk about. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yep. I've got something I want to talk about. That's for sure. Okay, right. We'll come to that in a second. But Zoggy, I want to know of all the stuff that happened in 2020, what is it that gave you, I don't know, the most satisfaction, the most joy? It's been a tricky year. It's been a tough year in so many ways. And the good stuff has been thin on the ground. But undoubtedly, one of the highlights, a real thrill, and something that gave me a great deal of joy, was seeing the test of the SpaceX Starship SN8 just in the last few days, which, granted, did end in a fiery explosion, which is never a good look for any kind of test. But (laughs) up until that moment, it was a successful test and a massively more successful test than the explosion at the end would suggest. And let's just, for anyone that isn't familiar with the event, this was SpaceX testing the next iteration of their enormous Starship reusable space vehicle. And it was uh, the first sort of full flight test of the reusable upper stage. This was not a manned vehicle. The plan is that in its final versions, when it's fully developed, it will carry up to 100 people at a time into space and it will be able to re-enter the atmosphere and land on its base, pointy end up, flamey end down, as SpaceX The say. correct way, The yes. correct way. Kind of old school sci-fi fashion. And this was the first test they'd done of a kind of full-up prototype in which it would take off, ascend to several kilometres, belly flop back down through the atmosphere, then flip itself the right way round and land on its tail. And everything went perfectly until the last moment when there was that rapid, unplanned disassembly. And it really was so exciting to watch. It was just a thrill. And it is another significant step down the road to developing this very exciting vehicle. 
But one thing that actually struck me about the project was that there's an interesting way in which it sort of doesn't represent progress. At the same time that we are seeing the first flight of what is likely to be a very successful reusable vehicle for getting cargo and people into low Earth orbit and way beyond. Mm -hmm. And it represents significant innovations in being a design that can be refueled in orbit, that can be refueled on the surface of Mars. That's why it uses liquid methane as the fuel, because that's something that you can pull out of the atmosphere on Mars, liquefy, and then fill up your tanks with. There's a sense in which it's kind of, in a way, represents not all that much progress from where we were in the early part of the 20th century with liquid fuel rockets compared to the way that the car has developed over the last 100 years. Yeah. In the sense that it's a vehicle made of stainless steel, not made of any advanced composite materials, aerospace, aluminium or carbon fibre. It's made of stainless steel, which was around in the 1920s. And it's a chemical rocket that burns a hydrocarbon fuel and liquid oxygen, which is what Robert Goddard's first liquid fuel... Multi-stage rockets, yeah. Rocket. Uh, well, Robert Goddard's first rocket wasn't multi-stage, obviously, and what we saw tested last week wasn't multi-stage. It was the upper stage. So it actually very comparable to Goddard's first rocket yep. in that sense. This is a vehicle that was made out of materials that we had in the early part of the 20th century using the same kind of liquid-fueled chemical rockets that we had in the early part of the 20th century. In that sense, we really haven't come very far in terms of rocket technology. How interesting. And if you compare that to the automobile, there's arguably been much greater progress in terms of materials, in terms of bringing composites and other materials into the vehicles, and also bringing new technology into the source of propulsion. You've got electric motors replacing the internal combustion engine. You've got batteries or hydrogen as a store of energy replacing your fossil fuels. So you could make a case in a slightly cranky way that the automobile has developed far faster and further than rockets over the course of the last century. Interesting point, yeah. When I look at Starship and see it gleaming in its stainless steel, it looks like a Buck Rogers rocket, a rocket from the days before we really had rockets. It looks science fiction. And the idea that it's the same technology of 100 years ago is fascinating. But here's a final thought, a counter to what you've just said, Z. Do you remember the first Porsche? Uh, well, the, the loner Porsche was, of course, an electric and or hybrid vehicle. So, yes, we've come full circle there. I rest my case. Good, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, the works of SpaceX this year, not just that incredibly dramatic flight of Starship, but also the success of two Crew Dragon flights to the ISS has been truly rewarding this year. A vintage year for rocketeers like us guys. Sarah, how was your 2020? Because as a freelancer, surely it's all going to rotate around work for you. Hasn't it been tricky this year? Oh, it's been tricky. Tricky, but I think me, like the rest of the world, has had the same, I guess, problems. Yeah. <laughs> the, the beginning of the year looked very bright and bubbly. I, you know, I was about to work on the W series and that would have been fun, but only that got cancelled. So that put a bit of a spanner in the works. So I got to enjoy some lockdown, some summer in the city, and I hung out with lots of neighbours in the community and that, that part was fun. So there was a silver lining, I suppose. So it was a bit of a forced break. And then, you know, finally a watershed moment when I started working on the world's greatest cars. And I was the archive producer and so I was working solidly since, I don't know, September. And that was really fun. So I got to learn about the latest and greatest, or sorry, the world greatest hot hatches, luxury cars, supercars, sports cars, 4x4s. Actually, trivia question for you. Okay. In light of me working on the world's greatest cars, which manufacturer was the 1980 Pope Mobile? And it comes from the 4x4 family. 
and yep. served in the war? I know the answer. Tell me which manufacturer is the 1980 Pope Mobile? It was a Mercedes, wasn't it? Yeah, bring Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well done, well done. It's a G Wagon. I remember the Mercedes Pope Mobile, but the Pope's coolest car was actually from the mid 90s when the Vatican were granted a design by Lancia, one of my favourite Italian designers, and it felt appropriate that the Pope was driving around a Lancia. And I think it was based on the Lancia Dialogos, I think it was called. Okay. And it wasn't technically a Pope Mobile, but it was the car that the Pope drove around him because the Pope Mobile is a very specific vehicle mm. with bulletproof glass and you can be seen stood up in it. But the Dialogos was more like a conventional saloon. But yeah, I remember that Pope Mobile. Yeah, it's for sale somewhere, I believe. Yeah, they, yeah he repurposed it. Yeah, well, another little trivia question for you. Which very famous person in the history of the world started Volkswagen? Was the person that was behind Volkswagen? Yeah, well, I know the answer to that, but Zoggy, are you going to say? I mean, it's controversial. Well, there could be a couple of answers to this. It depends what you mean by the person behind Volkswagen. Uh It depends whether you mean designer or the person who was the political motivation for creating a people's car. It was, yeah. exactly. He created it as the people's car of that time. Yeah, which is Adolf Hitler. Yeah, Adolf Hitler. And I'm not yeah. sure famous is the right word, Sarah. I think we should have called him infamous, infamous. really, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, well, infamous, yeah, famous is the wrong word. But, you know, because <laughs> yep. I was doing this research. It's like, oh, Volkswagen, you know, it's racist. I said, why is Volkswagen racist? And then I was like, oh, because the founder was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of an issue. Yeah, a bit and. Of an issue. To be fair, though, Hitler did actually drive around himself in a Mercedes during the Second World War. And if I remember, Ford were also accused of being racist for having Jewish slave labour. Yeah, because Henry Ford was massively racist. I mean, there you go. There you go. Henry Ford was a Nazi sympathiser. Yeah. There you go. So let's not simply accuse Volkswagen of being racist. Pretty much all of culture was racist in that period. (laughs) I think they've tried to change their tacts since. But anyway, it's a very historic, you know, it's a classic car. You know, I really got to know some vehicles. It was called the KDF Wagen when it first came out, which actually stands for Kraft durch Freudewagen, the strength through joy car. (laughs) (laughs) But Sarah, your series, World's Greatest Cars, I've only seen one of them, which was Hot Hatches. And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a terrific programme. It was quite cool, wasn't it? I have to say, I thought that the archive footage was chosen particularly well and couldn't fault any <laughs> clip. Well played, there was girl. A mammoth effort of getting that archive footage over the line. I'm talking going global for, yeah. for that archive footage, contacting every single manufacturer in the history of the world. You did well. You know, Jaguar, Land Rover, Mercedes, Ferrari, you know, getting all these legal documents signed. So it was an experience, believe me, but there was a result and we got there. I think because of COVID, they had to change the way they were going to make the show. So we couldn't go out and shoot anything. So it was all heavily relied on archive footage. But we met the deadlines. It went to air, didn't it? And you enjoyed it. I loved it. I I, I can't remember which channel is it on. Uh, Quest. Quest. So if you haven't seen it, by the way, listeners, I strongly recommend it. And look out for the credit at the end of the programme, Sarah Leach. You know the woman. She's on this show. (laughs) Now, for me, one of the highlights of... 2020 was motorsport but i think it was almost as good as formula one this year but it wasn't formula one i'm not talking about the world endurance championship i'm not talking about formula e which i have to admit went over my head completely this year it was fia formula two to give it its full title as part of the sky television package which i pay an absolute ruddy fortune for in order just to watch formula one I get two F2 races pretty much every F1 weekend. And if F1 races are occasionally still processional, I don't think there was a single Formula 2 race in 2020 that was anything other than utterly entertaining, utterly dramatic. And it's matured into a glorious series these days. A few years ago, GP2, which was F2 in its previous incarnation, was a bit of a crash fest. There seemed to be a lot of drivers who were too keen to prove themselves in technology that they weren't completely in control of. But quality of driving 
in F2 at the moment is exemplary. If I list some of the names of the drivers in Formula 2, you will agree with me that they're all top guys. You will have heard of Yuki Tsunoda, who's going to get a chance in Alpha Tauri next year. He's glorious and also arguably the cutest driver ever in motorsport. Wait until you see him take his helmet off. He looks like a singer in a Japanese boy band, like a J-pop band. He's got manga hair. He is so cute <laughs> and he's so lovely. Callum Eilot, what a tremendous driver. I think Callum got three wins this year and yet didn't manage to win the championship. He came second. A new guy, Felipe Drogovic. I love his name. And he sounds like uh, Russian, but he is, in fact, Brazilian. He's a talent who, when he comes to Formula One, will light things up. Christian Lungard is no slouch. Guan Yu Zhou, a Chinese driver, probably the best Chinese driver we've seen in motorsport for many years. Giuliano Alesi, Jean Alesi's son, who switched teams halfway through the season. Not the talent that his father was, but early days. And one of my favourites, Robert Schwartzman. Now, Robert Schwartzman, he sounds German, but he's in fact another Russian driver. There's a whole tranche of great Russian drivers emerging at the moment, maybe because that's where the money is and they're being supported. And I think if he gets a chance in Formula One, that would be justified. Jack Aitken, another great British driver. Luca Giotto, the list goes on. Dan Tictum, every one of these guys in Formula Two, absolutely worthy of a chance in Formula One, particularly the safe bet that is Mick Schumacher, who had a terrific season, won Formula 2 by only winning, I think, one feature race. But he was consistent. You know, he was always on the podium. He was always scoring big points. And I'm actually, in a way, in love with Mick Schumacher. <laughs> I admired his father. I never liked him because I think he had character traits that I didn't like and the fact that he was Damon Hill's opponent and I was a big Damon Hill fan meant that I couldn't really enjoy Schumacher's talent even though I could appreciate it but the sins of the father you can't condemn the son for the sins of the father Mick Schumacher is not Michael Schumacher and he's certainly not Ralph Schumacher he's not bad tempered tempestuous and only mildly talented he clearly is very talented but he's a lovely Lovely lad. I don't know if you've ever seen Mick Schumacher being interviewed, but he is a tender, sweet boy. He does. Yeah. yeah, I love him for that. So my tip for anyone next year, if you're umming and ahhing about paying for Sky to watch Formula One, just spend that money and enjoy Formula Two. It's so rewarding. So that was my highlight of 2020, Formula Two. And if you two don't get time to watch Formula Two, I insist that you make it for next year. I would do that. I'll tell you what, I'll watch at least one race. But I find I spend over a Grand Prix weekend, once I've watched a bit of practice, once I've watched the build-up to qualifying and qualifying, and then, you know, build-up for the race and the race, if I'm going to watch a whole other race as well yeah at that point i almost start to feel like i maybe have spent a bit too much time with my feet up watching motor racing terrible thing to say but there we go maybe it was because we were in lockdown and i was at home an awful lot more than normal this year that enabled me to watch formula two so maybe it won't work for next year but by god i enjoyed this year Santa, you're not going to believe this, but we've just found another letter for you that arrived late. Really? Oh, you are a good little elf. Here, let me read it. Dear Santa, 2020 has been a very difficult year for me in lockdown here in London. And because of travel restrictions due to COVID-19... This year, sadly, I won't be able to fly home to see my family back in Australia. Oh dear, that is a bit sad, isn't it? So, the only thing that could lift my spirits over Christmas would be if you could arrange as my special Christmas gift for Daniel Ricciardo to win a race or three next year. 
and perhaps even have a shot at winning the F1 Drivers' Championship. Ooh. Mm. Thank you in advance. Sarah Leach, Notting Hill, London, England. Gosh, I really don't know about this one. I better check with God if this is at all possible. Um, excuse me, my lord. Sorry for bothering you once again. But, um, do you think this is doable? Well, hang on, let me see. This is a tricky one. What engine is in Ricardo's car next year? Uh, he's switching from Renault Power to Mercedes Power, my lord. Ooh, well that is promising. Is he in a Mercedes chassis? Uh, no, my lord. McLaren. Well, I'm sorry, I can't promise anything. I'm only God, you know, not bloody Bernie Ecclestone. This wouldn't be a proper works Christmas party if we didn't celebrate in the traditional Christmas way. So I've got some virtual crackers here and if we can pull some crackers between us. So I'll go with you first. You get one end of this virtual cracker. Okay. Right? Here we go. And I've got the other end. Yep. And Paul. Oh, you oh, won. Hey. All right. Have you got a joke in your cracker, Zog? Yeah, here we go. Uh... Uh, what Formula One team has the most pirates on its staff? I don't know. What <laughs> Formula One team has got the most pirates, pirates on its staff? Um, Ferrari. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you kidding me? Cracker jokes are terrible. It came out of the cracker. Ferrari. What can I do? What can I say? It's uh... <laughs> That's really good. Okay, can you two pull a cracker now? Come on, oh you two. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. All okay, right. here we go. I've got one in here. All right, here okay, we go. Okay, right. There we go. Yeah, virtually. I win. Are you on that one? What have you got there? Somebody complimented on my parking today. What do you think they said? I don't know, Sarah. What did they say? They left a note on the windscreen. It said, parking fine. Oh! oh. Hey. <laughs> That's shocking. <Hey>. Shocking. <laughs> Very good. I think the Ferrari one is fair. I mean, that's not quite cracker worthy. Formula One related. But right, Sarah, I, I get to pull one with you now. Reach out okay. across the internet. All right, and, out. and pull. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I won. I won. Right. Hang on. Here's my joke. Hold on. Which ex Formula One driver loves the Yuletide the most? I don't know which former F1 driver loves Yuletide the most. Yuletide the most. Um, hmm. I'll tell you what it says on here. Felipe Chris Massa. Oh. Oh, They're supposed really? to be terrible, aren't they, Cracker <laughs> Jokes, aren't Chris they? Massa. Right, we've got two more to do, I think, haven't we? Uh, oh, yeah, no, there's another Cracker here. Okay, Zog, you and me then. Ready? Here you go. Paul! Oh, you won. Hey. Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, what kind of helmets do Formula One drivers use at Christmas? Oh, um... I don't know, Zog. What kind of helmets do Formula One drivers use at Christmas? Jingle bells. Oh, uh, jingle bells. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Very good. Well, that, that's, a, that's a bad Woo. one, actually. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's terrible. <laughs> OK, come on, Gareth. It's time for us to share a cracker. Okay. So I need to do one with you. OK, are you ready? I'm ready. Pull. Ready, and... Yep. And I win, so... Go on, read the joke. I've got two. The first one is, how do you double the value of a rover? I don't know. How do you double the value of a rover? Fill it with petrol. (laughs) (laughs) That's not not really a joke, is it? Okay, okay, that was so bad. Let's try this one. Yeah. Uh, What do you call a country where everybody has to drive a pink car? Uh... I'm trying to think, that, that, is there some f- racing point connection here? <laughs> I don't know. What do you call a country where everyone has to drive a pink car? A pink carnation. Oh. A pink carnation. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yes, that's an A-rated cracker gag. <laughs> right, last one. I want you both to grab the end of my huge cracker here. And we'll yep. both of you pull okay. at the same time. Here we go. Three, two, two here we go. one. one. Oh, and I won! Ooh, Unbelievable. Hey. Right, and so the final joke there? I've got here says, <laughs> why did Father Christmas support the Tyrrell Formula One team in the 1970s? I have no idea. 
I don't know. Why did Father Christmas support the Tyrrell Formula One team in the 1970s? You're going to like this because they were sponsored by Elf. <laughs> oh, I, I, I had the image of that go. six-wheeler in my mind. I should have, I should have got that. I should have got that. Oh, dear me. Right, uh, we've done the jokes. Now, we've been writing some Christmas poetry. I think Christmas is a time for creativity. And Sarah, have you got a poem you've written for us about Christmas? Yeah, I don't know how good it is. <laughs> so let's just see. <laughs> Christmas comes but once a year, not unlike a driver. And if Bodas wins more than once next year, I'll pay you both a fiver. <laughs> I got it. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Oh, very good. Excellent. Very good. And very, it's curiously true as well. Let's see how that plays out. Soggy, have you been uh, creative for Christmas? Well, um, okay, so... The thing is, I don't really like poetry, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm struggle straight. Uh, I think all poems are too long. And, you know, while I know that I'm very good at writing some kinds of things, I also know that I am no good at writing poetry. So I did no work at all on this. I put no effort into it whatsoever. I used an online haiku generator to create my Christmas poem. Genius. To give maximum results with minimum actual effort. So I have a Christmas haiku that I did no work on whatsoever. <clears throat> it goes like this. No one triumphant along this ice but I, this serene destination. Wow. And that's far better than I could ever have written. Uh, so there we go. A Christmas haiku. And that was written by AI. Oh, well done. That was that's written great. by an online haiku generator. How absolutely brilliant. Short and sharp. I like it. So the, the robots are coming for us. If I hadn't told you that that was written by an online haiku generator, I'm sure I could have pulled off the lie that I'd made it up myself and you wouldn't have known any difference. So I guess it passes some sort of very, very trivial version of the Turing test. Genius. Well, typically you went for a high-tech haiku and I'm going for a um, traditional Welsh form of poetry. It's in English, but at Christmas we have this tradition in Wales called plugine which, let me see if I can try and explain. It's actually a service that takes place in a church between three o'clock in the morning and six o'clock in the morning, very convenient, on Christmas morning, where we gather to read poems and to sing songs. They're not quite carols because the tradition of Plugine predates Christianity. The original pagan midwinter festival was hijacked by Christianity and that's what became Christmas. And so it's a very ancient form of entertainment. Now, I've actually recorded this for you. I've, these poems are usually sung in the Dorian scale, so kind of very tonal singing, a very ancient medieval sound. Here is my traditional Plugine Christmas sung poem. Oh, I always hope at this time of the year That a gift might come my way Of a car that I dream of most nights when I'm asleep And in truth I think of in the day It is small, it isn't fast, but above all it is it's Italian and four-wheel drive I know that tonight I shall struggle to sleep tight In hope that in the morning it arrives It is made by a brand that you can't buy in this land And they have one Grand Prix Oh, 
good. That was amazing. Well, you, you definitely put a lot more effort into that than Very I did into good. mine. That's brilliant, aren't <laughs> we? <laughs> yeah, I think no I can. No question. Oh, yeah. they're all That's valid. Funny. Now then, well uh, we've got to wrap this That's up. Fantastic. We're running way over time. But Buying I believe we've got presents. some gifts to give each other. Zoggy, do you want to go first? Yes, sure. Let me see. Where's we going? Gareth, I have a present for you here. Can we share... Can I send a link? If you send a link in the message window, you, can you see the message window there? Okay, here you go. All right. You can unwrap that. Oh, what have I got? It's a fairly large package there. I'm opening it up, the link. Now, I love virtual gifts. It's so much easier. What's this? A 1977 Mario Andretti Lotus full-top cowl. Oh, Zogger. Oh. Nice bit of classic Formula One memorabilia there. I know you love Lotus. And, I do. Uh, and classic Formula One. So a genuine bit of Mario Andretti raced JPS Lotus. Wow. Yeah, I thought that would be right. Of all the Lotuses, the John Player Special Series were the greatest cars. That incredible paint scheme. The black with JPS written in oh, gold. Yeah. Right. And Beautiful. And Mario, number five on it, are uh, an actual full top cowl I would have that on the wall behind me if I could do that virtually so that is a fantastic gift thank you very much indeed you're welcome Sarah now for you I've got ah here we go I'm excited Actually, I've got your couple of presents here because oh brilliant first off I thought as you can't go home to Australia yeah this Christmas you might be missing home a little Ooh. so I thought you could probably do with a little care package a little taste of home oh premium Aussie gift box oh my goodness this is brilliant oh well done you Tim Tams Caramello Koala brilliant Daryl Lee Twist you have to tell us what these are twist. Sarah what is this stuff Okay, so these are all the Australian food or treats that you just cannot get here in the UK. So a caramel koala is a chocolate koala with caramel in it. They're amazing. Tim Tams. It sounds pretty good. Tim Tams, the chocolate Tim Tams that you dunk in your tea. Daryl Lee Raspberry Twists. Anything Daryl Lee, really. I've got a koala key ring. So that's brilliant. Poor, poor lip balm. Amazing. Eucalyptus lollies. There we go, straight from the eucalyptus trees. <laughs> They're very good for coughs and colds. So, yeah, I'm very stoked. Yeah, that is such a clever thing. Excellent. And a cuddly koala toy. Stoked is the best and only response to that, isn't it? There we go. Yeah. A little sort of comforting flavour reminder of hope. Anzac biscuits too. Because I'd spent so much money on Gareth's Mario Andretti memorabilia. <laughs> no, that was nine grand. I was like... <laughs> it seemed like your box of goodies was, wasn't looking so good. So I thought I should also get you this. Okay, okay, okay. I tracked down an international <laughs> music and celebrity oh, talent my. booking agency. Yep. So for your next social event, or indeed to perform in your living room... <laughs> Kylie Minogue. There you are. <laughs> that's brilliant. Okay, I've always loved Kylie. That's great. Me too. I should be so lucky. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> oh, this is great. Everyone Thanks, loves so. Kylie. I'm absolutely chuffed. I'm You're welcome. Pink. I'm looking forward to the gig. <laughs> Me and Kylie like this. Do you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, you should come. Um, I would have been happy we'll with that as well. I love Kylie too. And Danny. And Brendan, Kylie, their brother. Danny. All the Minogues. Kylie has by far the best musical back catalogue. She does. All respect to Danny, yeah. but Kylie Minogue has a proper back catalogue of bangers. So, uh, yeah. She does. She's got some bangers. So oh, when yeah. you do get Kylie Minogue to virtually perform in your living room... What does it cost? Any idea? Price on application. Fair enough. Price I think we'll leave it there. Okay, the I've got gifts for you now. Sarah, I'm going to do yours first. Now, okay. I had a bit of a journey as well because the really? first thing I thought about getting you was this, but the rule of the gift was it had to be actually available now. So when you see this, you will understand why it doesn't actually qualify. If you click on that link, you'll see. Hey, I've just realised that my gifts to you guys may not qualify. <laughs> we'll allow that. That doesn't matter. <laughs> this is virtual gift giving. Can you see what your gift would have been if it were possible? Yeah, I'm opening it. Okay, let's have a look. Supersonic, 4,000 miles per hour rocket plane that could fly people from the UK to Australia in just four hours. <laughs> That's amazing. Not available yes. yet, but that is HOTOL, the uh, British Horizontal Takeoff and Landing 
air-breathing rocket plane, which is currently in development. Should I book for the year 2030? Yeah, as soon as it's ready, I will pay for you to get that flight to Australia on a supersonic, ultrasonic jet with an air-breathing rocket motor. British design. You could be home in four hours. You could record on speed and go home for dinner. Yeah, I know, right? You're kidding. That's unbelievable. How can you be home in four hours? I know. I can't get to North Wales in four hours. That's one of your rocket ships going around the other side of the world. Do you think we'd belly flop at the end? It's doing a suborbital hop. It is. It is, isn't it? You have to get out of the atmosphere if you want to go really fast. Yeah. I'm in, Gareth. That's fantastic. That's an amazing gift. Well, it's not what I actually got you because it's not available yet. It's not available just yet. This is something that is available. I've just sent it to you now via the Skype message. Click on that link. Can you see it? Clicking on the link right now. Whoa, it's a car. It's a rare Vauxhall Monaro. It's a nice car. It's brilliant. Well, more than a rare car. That is the only Australian-built car that was on sale in the UK in the last 10 years. It's a Vauxhall Monaro, or as you know it, the yep. Holden Monaro. Holden Monaro. And this is a very rare version, the VXR 500. Sounds like a bogan car. Is it a bogan car? It, it is a bogan car. It's only got 14,000 <laughs> miles on yeah. it. It's got a, a six-litre engine. It's got a Harrop supercharger. So it's not just a car. It's a very, very cool Australian car. So a little bit of available now in the UK. It's there. It's on eBay. It's on sale eBay. right now for a mere £39,995. All yours. That's not a cheap car. <laughs> Second hand. It's a lot of car for your money. You can have a lot of fun in it, though. Very generous, Gareth. You are very generous. Well, Thank you very much. Wait until 40, you see 40. what I've got, Zogger. Merry Christmas, grand. Sarah. Okay, now, yep. Zoggy, here's what I was considering Ooh buying for you okay you're gonna like this this is what you could have had okay message sent click on that link now go on all right i'm opening the link oh <laughs> a concord turbojet engine complete with afterburner <laughs> likey what could you do with that i mean it'd be obviously a nice centerpiece for your living room obviously yeah if you had a sufficiently large living room well i know you're good at engineering i but figured yeah, you might try and fit wow. it into your porsche well i've repurposed a few surplus or second-hand bits one way or another. You know, I turned an old image intensifier tube from an old Chieftain tank gun sight to make a night vision device. I remember. Which works very well, actually. It's got a nice bit of hacking. I have to say, the proviso that Rolls-Royce Olympus engine, it was £565,000 for sale on eBay. It genuinely is for sale on eBay. And I know it won't go in your Porsche. So what I did actually virtually by you was click on that link oh okay here we go uh, oh tesla model 3 electric rear drive motor engines i could replace my rear transaxle it's a good idea with that exactly okay so where am i going to put the batteries up i guess i've got to put the batteries in the front i've got to say if i had to electrify that vehicle that would be i guess a good way of doing it probably be more inclined to build an electric vehicle from scratch than I would be to... Yeah, convert yours. To take out the old driver. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a good bit of design and engineering as it is. I'm not inclined to rethink it too far, but I could definitely do something with this motor assembly. Good. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Thanks, Zog, Yeah, That would give you hours of fun, So Exactly, a gift that keeps on giving, Yeah, I'm going to build a really lightweight chassis around that, and then I just need to figure out what kind of range I want to get out of it, battery-wise. Okay, that's my next lockdown project. I Thanks. knew you'd Excellent. like it. <laughs> good, good, good. Beautiful. Now, these are virtual presents. And when we say virtual, I went all out. <laughs> so I'm going to have to verbally tell you what I got. I can't necessarily provide links, but you'll get the idea. So I'm going to start with you, Zog. Thank you. And okay. Zog, your gift this year for Christmas, it's an experience. So I'm giving you the gift as an astronaut experience on the Starship to be part of... <laughs> The next test flight experience. And this time, hopefully, it won't do a belly flop. It'll come back and it'll come back and land. So you will be on that that starship. Yes. I think you'd be pretty excited with that. What do you think? You like nailed it, Sarah. That's, that's absolutely spot on. <laughs> Thank you. I've always wanted to be an astronaut, no question about it. My one kind of caveat is, as long as you can guarantee me that it's not going to blow up, <laughs> yeah, I'm taking it. That's beautiful. I can't wait. 
Yeah, I went back and watched the replay of that whole thing and I just thought, you know what, I really think that Zog would have the best <laughs> thought... time if he was on that spaceship. He could see it all oh, yeah. happening live. <laughs> what a ride, what a ride. And Sarah, you know, Zog is such an optimist that if he was on board that flight, he would say, wow, great liftoff, it's going well, but it's still going well, right up until the last second, just before the explosion. <laughs> Zog could still be going, it's going great. You know what Zog is his highlight of the year, so you just added to that. That's what I thought. I was feeling, you know, I thought, oh, he's going to love my Christmas Yeah, present. there you go. You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. All right, Gareth, and for you, Ooh. Gareth, you're British. You love your Formula One. I do. And I tell you what, I got you another experience as well. Oh, I love an experience. This is what I am giving you a gift for Christmas that you are going to have not just a day in the life of, a weekend in the life of Lewis Hamilton during race weekend. So you will be Lewis Hamilton. I actually get to be Lewis Hamilton. You're the man. You will will get to be in his place. You do like a body swap. And you know what? If you could just give me £100 every single time you say the word grateful as Lewis Hamilton. (laughs) Blessed. Totally. I know all the words. Blessed. Totally. The guys, the team, really great job. I I could do that. I could do it right now. My best fans. Yeah. I would. Be very, very happy with that. Guys, what glorious gifts. Thank you both. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. That's it. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed for 2020. I want to thank Zog, you and Sarah particularly for staying with us throughout this tricky year and making this show. Despite not being able to be physically in the same room, we have found a way of still making this program and delivering it to so many people who I know enjoy joy on speed so thank you to you sarah thank you very much thanks for having me it's been yeah, a very interesting year so here's to the next 12 months hey and thank you john for what's been our 16th series together on gareth jones on speed unbelievable hey it's been a pleasure been a pleasure working with you both and thank you to all our gorgeous listeners for downloading this show and contacting us and keeping the show going because every download every listen gives us a reason to make another episode and there will be plenty more episodes of gareth jones on speed as we enter season 17 next year are you two both in for it i'm in absolutely cheers well can i propose a toast cheers guys yeah cheers cheers ting 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 cheers cheers and merry christmas happy festivus happy festivus happy new year merry christmas happy festivus farewell sarah farewell zog we're going to play out with a song as usual a specially written christmas song for this year here's a song in the style of me gareth jones on speed and this song (laughs) is called before christmas see you next year guys say bye 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 It's been a year full of regrets Nights without sleep, cold sweats But my faith in you was restored I'm not religious but thank the Lord The deaf one came back on board I was still on TV just before Christmas I'm sure one race driver look back and think maybe I should have taken a different tack Perhaps I shouldn't have signed for Williams and brought them cash from my sponsor in millions But their poor performance has built my resilience And at least Claire and Frank will have money in the bank before Christmas Regrets, I've had a few But I guess not as many as you Perez, I suppose your view is that should have closed a deal for a drive before Christmas Oh, Bottas tries his best But he couldn't better Lewis once again this year 
There's one thing he'll hold dear That will bring him some yuletide cheer That in Saudi Arabia at least He finished one place ahead of Lewis Before Christmas Takes time to reflect and think, hey, what the heck? I'm a full-time champion, and I know that won't happen again. From now on, I won't have to deal with Scuderia politics. And at least I'll have an Aston Martin before Christmas So when you think it's been tough 2020 we've had enough Next year won't be To shake the bad stuff off And look forward to some wonderful stuff Before Christmas Before Christmas To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics Join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter Or to find out about sponsorship opportunities Go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! Speed!